Welcome to Here Comes Yesterday, a weekly 15-minute podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead with your host, Frank Corrado. The name of this podcast is Decembering. Decembering, as we might suspect, starts in November, days before Thanksgiving to be exact. At my local place of worship, we already have something called Novembering, when people bring pictures of departed and beloved family members to church for all to see and venerate. I think the idea is for us to remember in November. I suspect this is all connected in my heavily Latino parish to Dia de Muerte, the Day of the Dead, which we gringos celebrate um, now as that name, but used to call All Saints or All Souls Day. But Decembering is my made-up word to signal that time of year when the calendar begins to move seemingly with the speed of light. December has its own calendar, you know. It's called the Advent Calendar, and that is on steroids these days. These are days filled in at an amazing rate with parties, festively lighted neighborhoods, concerts, family get-togethers, cheery business meetings, For example, I started to write this episode in a motel room in Grand Rapids during a fruit growers convention. My favorite thing to do at this annual event in early December is to walk through the Amway Hotel next to the meeting spot. It's a real old-fashioned hotel with elegance that is beautifully decked out each year at Christmas. It makes everybody who walks through the hotel feel good. All of this triggers strong emotions in me that nostalgically recall the happy childhood holidays of Christmas in my youth. I do acknowledge that there is a segment of the population for whom the 31 days of December are sheer melancholy and unhappiness because of their memories of earlier times. And for them, I do shed a tear even though all my personal previous memories of this month, at least to date, are filled with a Norman Rockwell kind of world. I think you can simply call that luck. My childhood began in earnest right after World War II. The public was starting to return to a sense of normalcy. The war economy was transitioning quickly to a peacetime one. Jobs were plentiful for everybody. Times were good. The sadness of that war, so beautifully captured in the song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is uh, especially memorable. You know that line, through the years we may all be together if the fates allow. In the 50s, those feelings were giving way to more and more jazzy and carefree tunes like Man with the Bag and Santa Baby. My little world on the northwest side of Chicago was very much like Gene Shepard's Little World on the northwest side of Indiana, you know, the guy who wrote The Christmas Story. A world of scrawny Christmas trees, simple toys, modest presents, gatherings of extended families, letters to Santa. Heck, we even had a stoker in our house like the one in that movie, you know, the one that fed coal into a furnace 
erratically and triggered occasional anger and frustration and scenes of strong invective from my father. My dad was pretty good with presents. Each year he, we would unwrap the American Flyer train set he had bought us and we set it up, my brother and I, around the tree. When I was nine, I asked for and got a mid-sized chemistry set. Another year, I got something called a photoelectric football game, which I don't think I can describe very well, except that it was a whiz-bang high-tech item at a time at that time with a actual light bulb in it. In our teens, my friends and I would briefly make serious money going around the neighborhood on Christmas Eve and caroling at people's homes. I guarantee you that that was the only time anyone ever paid me to sing. I sure, I am sure that that was the result of too much eggnog on the listener's end. A sure sign of the importance of holidays was that Christmas was the semi-annual time of the year, the other time being Easter, that my tiny little Italian grandma, Marguerite, swung into gear to make hundreds of homemade ravioli in her little apartment and set them on the bed sheet on her bed to dry. For little folks, there was the home visit by the neighbor in his full Santa regalia, the baby Jesus in the creche at church, the mad dash down the stairs on Christmas morning, all those wonderful cliches that have been so memorable for all of us over time. After the story of the Christ child, I guess there's no, no story quite as wonderful as Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, which even today at my advanced age can still bring a tear or two to my eyes, especially at the end with this famous line, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year. One of the sadder parts of getting old, and believe me, there are a lot, is how hard it becomes to keep traditions going. Often at this time of year, I think back to the wonderful Barry Levinson movie, Avalon, where Thanksgiving get-togethers get bigger and bigger, and the people start to move away to the suburbs, and the television comes in, and then the celebrations begin to get smaller and smaller. I've had a parallel experience with an annual holiday party that we've held on and off for most of the last 50 years. We've always tried to make this a multi-generational event with a diverse group of attendees that have included neighbors, friends, workmates, fellow churchgoers, and so on. The highlight and focus of the party was and still is on always having live music and singing a piano player, originally my old friend Jack, Lord rest his soul, who'd worked his way through law school playing piano in saloons down in South Bend for many years, led the happy crowd for decades. He was succeeded more recently by younger players who never failed to provide a good time. But as friends have moved away or gone on to their heavenly reward, the crowds have somewhat diminished. Uh, Maybe the reasons are sickness sometimes. Uh, this year it was COVID uh, concerns. There's babysitting uh, responsibilities now for grandparents. Um, maybe some tired blood also, people going to bed real early. Um, I figure, well, it's their loss. As December moves on, there are other parties 
dinners with old friends, and the like. At the local church, the first weekend in December means a large parish event, since the name of the church is St. Nicholas. There's a procession, a craft fair, Christmas tree sale where a guy guys can go hang out in the cold around a fire between helping customers and sips of coffee. I think it's coffee anyway. In recent years, uh, the food has changed there from spaghetti dinners at this fest to Mexican, reflecting the demographic change in this parish that was founded a century and a quarter ago by Luxembourg farmers. My annual contribution to this fest is usually fruit pies from our farm area in Michigan. This year, we made and donated 15 of them, frozen as the fruit is harvested, then baked later. Strawberries, blueberries, peaches, apples. This year, each of the crops had bountiful harvests, but as far as my real favorite tart cherries go, it was not a good year for them. So delicious, so sad. Finally, on Christmas Eve, for the past 20 years, we've traveled to my old Northwest Side Chicago neighborhood to gather with Italian cousins and their families for Christmas Eve dinner. The toughest part of that evening really is staying awake for midnight mass after the dinner. But since COVID, the start time has been moved to 10 p.m., which has pleased me no end. It's on the same night that our Christmas tree stays lit around the clock. Okay, a word about Christmas trees in general. I may not have mentioned this, or maybe I have in other podcasts, but my father had a garden center, and from the age of 13, I worked there pretty much continually through my teen years. Well, this was a time in the 50s when a certain madness caused people to want something called flocked trees. My father and his partner got into that craze and did very well at Christmas. They continued to sell regular trees, but they added the flock trees, and that generated quite a bit of money. You would start with a nicely shaped pine, long needle, of course. Then you'd wire up the branches for strength. The trees would then be sprayed with sticky adhesive, and then something like an insulating gun or insulation gun would spray colored flock over over the entire tree. It might be red, it might be blue, it might be white or pink. Uh, no accounting for taste, as we used to say. Maybe it was because of working around all that, plus my parents eventually getting an aluminum tree that turned me off forever uh, on any artificial trees at all. Yes, I know there are practical reasons for them. I don't care. There's nothing like the smell of a real Christmas tree and the feel of it. We've been lucky to have our farm and cabin in Michigan, so getting a real tree out of the woods is not a big deal. Michigan, as you might know, became the center of the carriage industry and eventually car building business because its native tree was the white pine. Decembering concludes on New Year's Eve, of course, that legendary night when we would all gather around the TV and watch other people have fun, hosted by the one and only Dick Clark. I'm just kidding here, of course. Actually, watching Dick Clark was always a plan B if nothing else was available. I have mixed feelings about that last night of December. It can be quite sweet for people, especially those who have just survived a rough year. 
I can remember New Year's Eves that were classic and rowdy and others that, well, I was in bed by 10.30 at night. This year's may be a little more rowdy since my only nephew and his wife are coming in from South Korea. She's a local pop singer there, so that might have to And I have a bottle of very good tequila left from a parish raffle. We'll see. But that's it for now. So have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, a bountiful New Year. Talk to you soon. This is Mel Zellman. Thank you for listening. And catch us next time.